0: back to unwatchable you guys this is my first recording session of the new year this is very exciting oh yeah um welcome back thank you so much for letting me take that break last week it was really nice i got to relax go on vacation and now i am back and i am ready to get into this thing yeah yeah and we have a special guest today and this is a running theme throughout this podcast where I know your name and I freeze up every time I have to say my guest's last name. It is Kevin Shackner. Oh,
1: what? What? Are you serious? Shackner? Yeah, there you go.
0: are
1: oh, sure. off to a great start. Uh-huh. Um, I'm a big fan of that intro music, though, by the way. Oh, uh, thank It's like you. kind of a Ricky Martin techno thing <laughs> going on. Yeah, Thank
0: you. That was the hardest thing to come up with when I was making this podcast. I... Did it myself by fucking around on GarageBand. Yeah. And for like three weeks, I was like, I made it. And then for three weeks, I sat on it. And I was like, this sucks. (laughs) And I tried to make different intros. And then finally, I was like, Fuck it. I'll just go back to this one.
1: <laughs> I had no idea you did your show in front of a live studio audience, too. I mean, inc- <laughs> hey, everybody. Yeah. Hey. Woo! Okay, yeah. everyone,
0: please keep doing what you're doing and remain perfectly silent. Yeah.
1: What's with the Nazi memorabilia, though? That's, that's strange.
0: Um, You know, I just think it's like a good conversation starter. Oh, yeah. A- case, nice icebreaker. Yeah, in yeah. case we get stuck anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just get hey, take a glance around. Tell me what you see. <laughs> what say. do you think <laughs> of this, <mastica? laughs> Honestly, and you're the first person who's brought it up. And-
1: I-, I find that strange.
0: Yeah, I actually question my guests who haven't said anything. I'm like, you're a little accepting of this. <laughs> yeah.
1: so,
0: so congratulations, it's Kevin. It's a test. You're really testing the people. <laughs> so congratulations, you're the first anti to be on this show. <laughs>
1: so you're like one for eight now.
0: <laughs> so Kevin, we know each other from Cal State Northridge. We both went there to get our degrees in cinema and television arts. Um, but we didn't actually meet in that department. We met through the improv club. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you listened to the episode I did with Shayna. I did. Um, but we were talking about how I found the club originally mm. um, and contacted you. It's really funny to talk about Shana, like as if she's someone who we both haven't known for years. <laughs> yes. But for the listening audience, Shayna was a guest on my uh, mummy episode and she is engaged to Kevin mm-hmm. and uh, I've been friends with both of them for like 6 years now. And yeah, it goes or fast. So. Huh? Yeah, which is insane. You guys met me when I was like a baby. Like I was like 18. I, oh, I
1: know. So adorable.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. So we've known each other for quite a while. Now we're old fucks. I know. What the fuck? Now we Look at where we were so full of hope and now
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: now we've just seen as our souls have left our just bodies. Just trying not to cry. You That's have, all we're
1: trying to do, isn't uh, it? I in.
0: first met you so full of optimism <laughs> and hope and look at where we are today. Thanks, C <laughs> So uh, you and I we still do improv together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are one of the I think I've had you're the third member. Mm. No, the fourth member, oh. aside from myself of Weasel Brunch that I've had on uh, thus far. Weasel Brunch is the name of our improv group. Oh, there's a nice little truck passing by. That's always fun. Mm. I love it when we get that on the audio. I do this in the middle of the day, and for some reason, it's always when the garbage trucks
1: ah, are driving by.
0: by. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for giving out my, uh, my address. Today. Oh, come on. It's like
1: It goes for like 10,000 miles.
0: If anyone can pick that out, they're like, I've been following this lady. I so we have
1: a lady in Northridge. All right, we got We know this. the sound of that garbage <laughs>
0: truck. Um, So you and I are going to be exploring the South Park movie today, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is really interesting. Originally, we had planned on doing a completely different episode. Mm. Originally, you and I were going to talk about Spielberg um, because we're both very big Spielberg fans. And then, um, so we were getting ready for that. And then you came out of nowhere with, hey, why don't we talk about the South Park movie? Which is arguably, like, the complete opposite. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get any
1: different <laughs> from Uncle Fucker to Schindler's List. There's no... <laughs>
0: yeah. Mm, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, a heartwarming story about a child making friends with an alien... Yeah. To uh, a movie that's arguably, like, 80% fart jokes <laughs> and, like, shit. <laughs> I, I feel
1: like I'd be too much of, like, a college douchebag. Well, my opinion on Steven Spielberg cinema, and I don't know. I felt you would like had to
0: come in wearing, like, a scarf and a fedora. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: exactly. Um, but, yeah, I feel like the South Park movie doesn't get, like, the props it deserves. Because mm-hmm. if you're asking me, this is one of the top three comedies of the 1990s. Ooh, like, I mean, it's up there too. with, like... Lebowski and uh, some other ones but Mm -hmm. that's one of the all-time greats for me
0: and this is going to be really interesting because in typical fashion we've chosen a movie that I have not seen but my guest has seen you've seen this movie you said about
1: yeah at least like 15 20 times
0: yeah so you are arguably an expert in this film. Yeah, and
1: I've seen pretty much every episode of South Park, too. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty well-versed in, yeah. in the... Even
0: the new ones, like the new season. I think so, yeah. I wow. think it's
1: about 22-plus seasons, something like that. Yeah, and, I, I think uh, they yeah. just
0: went into their 23rd. Right, right. Um, whereas I have seen South Park, but I have... I don't think I've ever seen like the equivalent to a full season. I have mm. seen... Random episodes throughout the right. years of their show. I've seen some season ones. I've seen some mid season episodes. I've seen like one, like, very new episode. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of all over the map. Well,
1: it's strange because the show changes so much. Like, uh, in the beginning episodes, it's way, way more raunchy. It's way sillier, way more random, uh, slapstick, and just kind of gross out. And while they have those yeah. elements throughout the series, around like season four or five, it starts to calm down a bit. And then it really becomes um, a world event kind of commentary uh, show, where it's really becoming a a really smart show. And the last five or so seasons, they've kind of changed the format again. It's been sort of a, you know, usually the episodes would kind of reset at the end, and everything go back to normal. But Mm -hmm. now the episodes kind of continue a storyline one after another, so each season's kind of all wrapped up together. And the last four or five seasons have been kind of looped together, too.
0: Yeah. I would say of the long-running animated series that are still on the air, like The Simpsons, Mm -hmm. Family Guy, South Park, I would argue that South Park is the one that strives the most to innovate Mm -hmm. itself Mm -hmm. as the years go on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a big thing for that, or a big reason for that, is their decision to write and animate and broadcast these episodes all in one week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I believe I read that started in the year 2000. Right. So they had still like in the earlier seasons, they had still maybe been doing it a more traditional style. Mm-hmm. And I think that switch over is really what propelled them to kind of challenge themselves more. Right. Um, I think that's the thing that I really admire about Trey Parker and Matt Stone, even though I'm not an avid fan or like an avid viewer of South Park in general, I really do like Matt Stone and Trey Parker. And I, I really admire their push to challenge themselves creatively, not necessarily coast, and really have a lot of creative control Mm -hmm. over, I mean, South Park, while it does, it has had consulting writers and some other writers that are credited on episodes, it's mainly just the two of them. Yeah.
1: Um, and it's mainly Trey Parker, I believe. So, I mean, Matt Stone adds in a lot too, but uh, I think he's like the commander-in-chief when it comes down to it.
0: Yeah, I thought that was interesting when I was going through their body of work because, I—I I, this is unsurprising, my... I'm The biggest thing that I love that they've done is the Book of Mormon. Oh, yeah. Which is very different from all their other projects. But I'm I think huge... it's very similar
1: to the South Park movie, actually. just Sorry, we'll get into that later.
0: Oh, but... no, no, that's fine. I I mean, it is in the sense that I they've always had a love for musical theater sure, yeah. that you can definitely tell, especially Trey Parker. Mm-hmm. And I believe, I mean, I just saw Book of Mormon on Broadway like last week. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go uh,
1: myself pretty soon. Oh, it's yeah, my birthday. so good. Yeah.
0: This was the second time that I saw it. Yeah. And I listened to the soundtrack like religiously. Oh, yeah, me too. And it's funny because I feel like you would think that the two of them. I think you would maybe have the assumption that they're like too cool for musical theater or yeah. like they might think it's like too cheesy. So I think it's actually really interesting that they love to like play into that. Oh,
1: yeah. And they ended up putting probably the second biggest musical of the last 20 years besides Hamilton. I mean, that that was yeah. like one of the biggest musicals ever.
0: Um, I think when it when the soundtrack dropped, it had been like the most like highly anticipated musical theater soundtrack mm-hmm. and like the most downloaded... In like I think they said like 20 years maybe more. really yeah so like right out of the gate um, that did like super successfully I think you'll really like it mm-hmm. when you see it Hell yeah um, but I forget where I was even going with this but yeah I, I just admire that they like to try to do different things um, and another thing that I think we should talk about before we get into the movie is their idea that they are as they say, equal opportunity offenders. Mm-hmm. And they like to make fun of everybody, mm-hmm. no matter their personal opinion, like, which I think is something that's also kind of lacking from modern television. I think things have become so skewed towards one particular viewpoint, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what channel you are. Like, you know, like, okay, uh, like these shows, they're obviously going to skew liberal, like mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live. And you're not really going to hear an opposite viewpoint. Or you go on this news channel and it's obviously going to skew more conservative. Sure. Um, and it seems to be so just completely split in that regard. Yes,
1: um, it's definitely a mixed bag uh, with that. Early on, it seemed they were a bit more conservative uh, than mm-hmm. they were liberal. And I can't say speak for their politics exactly mm-hmm. but it seems recently they did an episode where in the past they'd made fun of Al Gore over and over again for global warming <laughs> the man bear pig thing yeah. and one of the recent seasons like kind of had Al Gore back and we're like you know what maybe we're wrong we can of apologize <laughs> to you and it was really funny to see them kind of changed their view a bit over the years but uh yeah typically they've always had a lot of fun making fun of those hollywood liberal elites <laughs> uh barbara streisand's probably at the top of their list oh, uh, oh my gosh yes <laughs> yeah but uh, so many uh so many great jokes uh for both sides both sides can enjoy
0: yeah i think that's i think that's really interesting they have this kind of policy of like well if you just offend everyone right then you've equaled the playing field yeah And uh, as long as you're... If you're targeting everyone, then you're not targeting anyone. Yeah, it's that old joke. I'm not
1: racist to make fun of everybody, you know? (laughs) I mean, yeah.
0: Which I think is... I mean, everyone might have a different opinion on this. Some people say that you should use your your comedy or your commentary to really drive home your particular point and that the world needs, like, that. But I don't know. I think there's something to be said about... Just being like everyone's fucking crazy and right. Way. Whatever
1: pisses you off, I think you, you can get so much ammunition from why you hate something, why it pisses you off. There's so much uh, creative ammunition there, mm-hmm. at least for comedy, anyways.
0: And I hope that encourages people to have a good sense of humor about themselves and mm-hmm. what they believe as well, and uh, understand that anyone should be the butt of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because you can literally make fun about anything for any reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. I just, I've always admired them uh, for that stance. (laughs) So let's dive into the South Park movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bigger, Longer, Uncut. You can tell just by the title. This is going to be a very raunchy podcast. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I believe at one point it held the record for the most uh, swear words. Uh, I believe 399 uh, different swear words. Yeah.
0: But the interesting thing is that is essential to the plot of the movie. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not just willy-nilly. Um, Oh yeah,
1: 146 fucks alone Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And I
0: understand that when they were making the movie uh, initially it was supposed to be an Mm NC-17 rating Mm -hmm. and they had to push really hard to get it rated R Yeah, well originally the
1: studio uh, Paramount wanted them to do a PG-13 movie to appeal to as many people as possible Mm -hmm. but they're like, this is South Park, bro We are not doing that And uh, I think they just tiptoed the line between (laughs) R and NC-17 in this Mm -hmm. one
0: It's funny because I feel like I, all the interviews that I was watching them when they were talking about this movie, it almost felt like they had more resentment towards the censorship they were getting for the actual movie than they ever get on the making of the show. Right. And the show has so much more content than the actual movie. This is like an hour and 20 minutes uh, yeah. of content versus like the 309 episodes or whatever it's been right. that they've produced <laughs> on television. Yeah. Um. So... Let's dive into South Park. Um, this movie came out in 1999. Mm-hmm. I was four years old. Yeah, I was eight. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this was... My first time watching this was yesterday. Mm-hmm. As a oh, is that right? Old. Yeah. Yes. As a 24-year-old who does not know that much about South Park, I literally just learned how to tell Kyle apart from Stan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's dive into it. So we open with... Their first big musical number, Quiet Mountain Town, Mm -hmm. which is essentially a spoof, kind of a cross between uh, um, Provincial Life from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, okay. And I've heard others say uh, like a Rodgers and Hammerstein type opening. Yeah, almost every number in this
1: is a spoof of a different musical, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Which you'll see when you see Book of Mormon. Hmm. They kind of do that. They have little Uh trills that are trills taken from other musical numbers from other classic shows um and this is kind of i believe it's stan opens and mm-hmm. singing this song um and it's basically them going through south park and how beautiful it is in their quiet little mountain town um and they're all gearing up to go see the long anticipated terrence and philip movie mm-hmm. um but they cannot get into it because it's rated r so they have to hire a homeless person to buy them tickets and this movie is essentially just the most like disgusting just all toilet humor three
1: hours long falls uh, <laughs> to the wall uh, yeah
0: and the big musical number from this movie is uh uncle fucka oh yeah which... part of my favorite
1: song in the movie i mean i i have that in my head just when i'm cooking randomly it'll pop in i'm in the shower like for 20 years that song's been stuck <laughs> in my head
0: which is interesting because it's like 50% just, like, fart noises. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> which says a lot about what's constantly running through your head, Kevin. Oh, yeah. It's, it's true. Um, and, like, people are just, like, leaving in droves. Like, no <laughs> one wants to see this film except for uh, Cartman, Kenny, Kyle, and Stan, who are just, like, this is the best thing they've ever seen in their life.
1: Yeah, it's like they unlocked this new vault to <laughs> this whole new world it kind of just changed them.
0: And... The thing that I really like about this movie, and we'll get into the stuff that I don't like because I know that you are a big fan of this movie. I had some issues with it. Sure. Not things that offended me, but just general things that I thought it should be funnier when it wasn't. Hmm. Um, Okay.
1: I've never heard that about this movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So get ready. I'm going to blow your mind with the negative things I have to say about it. But a good thing, something I did like about it, is I do think it's very clever the way that Terrence and Philip kind of parallels the way people might view South Park itself. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, Matt and Trey themselves are basically Terrence and Philip. in this. Yeah, Yeah.
0: and um, which I think, again, is something I think it's great that they can laugh about themselves. Um, I like it when shows can have like an outside perspective on how their critics view them. A lot of this is about people's criticism towards South Park as a show, which I thought was pretty brilliant. And then after seeing this movie and being influenced by just how graphic and crass and Mm -hmm. (laughs) arguably disgusting it is, Uh um, just the whole first act of this movie is the boys just like cussing and saying terrible things to one another and every adult around them being terribly offended. Mm -hmm. And that's the basic premise, the inciting incident of this movie. Um, I think the next like big song that they had in this movie... Was um the song that plays in Stan's head whenever he sees Wendy?
1: There's a girl that I like. Yeah, yeah.
0: um, <laughs> which I actually really like, and they reprise that song like mm-hmm. I think like three times. Yeah, at least three times or something yeah. in this movie. Uh, so so far the first part of this movie, what do you like about it? What do you not like about it?
1: Um, I like you know what you're gonna get. You're gonna get absolute profanity. Uh, a ten out of ten. Um, and what you're going to also enjoy is just being surprised by how good the music is. Like mm-hmm. it's just really, really enjoy- enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yeah, just also setting up the parallel between Matt and Trey and Terrence and Philip and themselves, and how they making the commentary and how they created this adult programming. But there's uh, going to be backlash because the kids can't help but enjoy it, <laughs> and the parents aren't happy about that. Uh, it's just a, a really smart opening. Um And uh, lots of fucks, which I always approve of. So, yeah. <laughs> Did
0: you know um, that this movie as a whole is essentially based off of a previous episode that they had
1: is that right? done in
0: the first season? Yes. I watched this episode mm-hmm. today to compare the two. Uh, so season one, episode six, it's called Death. And the A storyline is that um, all the kids start watching Terrence and Philip. And their parents start to take notice and get super offended. And they go and protest the station that it's on, which is called Cartoon Central, which Mm -hmm. is essentially, obviously, Comedy Central. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the B-plot is that uh, Stan's grandpa is trying to get them to kill him Mm -hmm. because he's, like, so sick of being old. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, the, like... There's so many parallels between that episode and this movie. Like you have the PTA meeting, right? Or you have the That's whole true. fact that Kyle's mom is spearheading this whole resistance. It's all, uh, like all against Terrence and Philip. That episode itself is kind of a parody of how people viewed the first five episodes of South Park, right? Right. Um. So you are getting like, it's very interesting to watch what is essentially like the. I guess you could almost call it like a first draft mm-hmm. of this feature-length True. film if you watch that episode.
1: Yeah, and I believe they were saying um, after the second season, they'll, Matt and Trey will probably tell you this themselves, but they pretty much agreed that the second season is the worst season of South Park. It's If you watch it, it's by far like the most crude, ridiculous, random, and just crazy nonsense <laughs> And uh, they both kind of agreed that that was just, it didn't come out the way that they wanted. And the fans didn't quite love it as much as the first season. And they were getting the feeling that we're probably going to get taken off the air after this. This wasn't like the greatest success, the second season. So they figured they wanted to do this movie to kind of go out with the big bang. They didn't expect to come back for another 20 seasons or whatever they ended up doing. But uh, they were kind of just doing this as a fuck you to Hollywood and a grand (laughs) farewell. uh, Without any thought of maybe returning to do the show uh, for season three.
0: And then the movie was, like, a huge success. I think...
1: Oscar-winning or Oscar-nominated movie? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And
0: I read that it was actually the... It was the <laughs> highest-grossing R-rated animated feature. Oh, is that right? Until, uh... Oh, oh, oh I know, a Sausage Party, right? Yeah, yeah until yeah, Seth Rogen's right. uh, Sausage yeah, Party right. came out. Which, uh, I think more people are gonna remember the South Park movie Oh than yeah, Sausage Party. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Um, okay, so delving back into what happens in the actual film, um... Wow, more loud trucks. <laughs> um, so, after we get introduced to uh, Stan's kind of inner monologue of being in love with Wendy, he goes to Chef for advice on how to make a girl like you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you remember what Chef's great advice is. You have to find the clitoris. Exactly. And, uh, of course, these kids are like 10 years old and they don't know what the fuck that is. That is They're like
1: finding Jesus or something? <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, meanwhile, all the parents are in a rage over uh terrence and philip and i think this is when uh this is when we get the song that um oh shoot what's the principal's name the guy yeah, who says mr Mackey. yes mr Mackey. you get his whole song about like instead of this say this, said of this that's a really say great this. one
1: that's yeah
0: my whole thing with this movie was i really like some of the musical numbers and then some of them just kind of fell flat for me. Okay. I actually really like this one. Yeah. I like this one. I like Mountain Town. I like the next song, Um, but I'm pretty sure is the next song. You didn't like Uncle Fucker? I do like it, but like, It's I wouldn't, so funny. I wouldn't just... listen to it. Oh, God. <laughs> I tried to listen to the whole soundtrack this morning to like oh, refresh really? myself. Yeah. And as soon as they got to like the farting, I just like out <laughs> and I skipped to the next song.
1: Okay, okay that's fair. I
0: think um, I think something that I do have to admit is like, I'm immediately turned off by like any almost any semblance of toilet humor, Mm, mm -hmm. which I think people would be surprised at. But I'm like, I am not offended by it. Like, give me like the darkest. It's just
1: kind of boring and stale. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I love the like that episode I was talking about earlier. Like the whole plot of like Stan's grandpa trying to get him to like kill him. Mm -hmm. Hilarious to me. (laughs) Yeah. Wasn't offended by it. I love it. It was dark. I'm not a huge fan of like the toilet humor or like this is why I can't watch Family Guy. Like Family Guy to me mm-hmm. is just like too crass. Yeah, I I don't know if it's because like I don't know I don't know what it is about me, but I just I can never get on board.
1: It. Well, f- people always compare South Park to Family Guy, and they kind of did this. Uh... Couple of episodes in the show <laughs> called Cartoon Wars. I don't know if you saw those. Oh, I where, did. Where uh, how Cartman's upset, how everyone suggests he watch Family Guy. He fucking hates <laughs> Family. He thinks Family Guy fucking sucks. Which, which I, actually spoiler, ignited. I do too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, the first season of, of Family Guy was very good, and then they got uh, canceled and taken off the air, yeah. and they got a whole bunch of new writers after that, and it was a much different show if you watched the first couple of seasons with the last whatever bullshit they've been doing but uh yeah that actually ignited a bit of a little feud between seth mcfarlane and uh, matt and trey how which is so funny (laughs) yes you got to watch those cartoon war episodes really good stuff dude
0: that would be like a life dream of mine i would love to have a feud between oh hell yeah (laughs) right i'd be like yeah i want them to fucking hate me (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) yeah that'd be awesome
0: it would be great to be loved by them. I think it would be even better to be hated by I them. I think so. I think so. <laughs> I would be like, hell yeah, I've done my job. <laughs> I, got, I got
1: under their skin. Hell yeah. yeah.
0: I gonna die happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I totally lost... Oh, yeah, yeah. The music. Um, well, the next song on our list is the whole... Uh, like, the all the parents at the PTA meeting who are in an uproar about Terrence and Philip, And this was their... Uh, Academy Award-nominated song mm-hmm. "Blame Canada."
1: Yeah, uh, voiced mostly by I believe her name's uh, Mary Kay Bergman. Yep, uh, very very talented uh, voiceover actress. She was uh, in Mulan, Hercules, a bunch of other stuff, and she yeah she was uh, she did all the voices for all the the women characters yeah. on the show. Probably seven or eight different main characters that she did. And, uh, unfortunately, she ended up taking her own life right after the release of this giant Mm -hmm. hit movie, which would eventually get nominated for an Oscar. And she was basically the star of the song. Yeah. But um, very, very sad. But uh, they ended up replacing her with about a team of, like, two or three other female uh, voiceover actors. And um, they've really done a good... There must be some sort of computer uh, programming they do because it sounds almost identical Mm -hmm. uh, from the old episodes to the new episodes. You can't really tell much of a difference between all the the voices, but, uh, yeah, she, she was a really, really big talent for sure.
0: Yeah. I, I have that in my notes of like, I, when I went back and I was looking at all the songs, I was like, damn, that is so cool. Like the, the song that gets nominated literally aside Mm -hmm. from like the ensemble in the background, Mm -hmm. all of the characters singing are Mary Kay Bergman. Yeah. Which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it's actually like a really good song. Oh hell yeah! This is one of the songs that I would definitely go back. You can't help but enjoy. And sure. listen to. Um, really liked that one, um, and then so basically everyone is banned from watching the Terrence and Phillip mm-hmm. movie.
1: The forming of Mac, the Mothers uh, Against Canada. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Um, and then we go into a scene that. You had alluded to, before I watched the movie, you were like, I think you're going to love this scene. It's really funny. I watched uh, an interview that Matt Stone and Trey Parker did uh, on Conan's show when this movie was Mm -hmm. released, and they played this clip (laughs) for him. Uh, Essentially what happens in the movie is Terrence and Philip go on the Conan O'Brien show to be interviewed by him, and he's like, well, like aren't you like upset that like you've heard that you know people are very upset about this are you worried that they're going to do anything and they're like well they'll have to catch us first and then conan gives the signal and just like
1: kyle's mom has been paying conan under the table (laughs) yeah setting this whole thing up
0: and uh terrence and philip are caught and arrested and the best part before they leave (laughs) where they're like conan how could you do this to us You said you loved the film. We all watched it together. Like, how could you betray us? And Conan's like, what have I done? What have I done? And he jumps out a window and lands on what I think is supposed to be his green 92 Ford Taurus. Is that right? Oh, Taurus, oh, that's cute. His famous Ford Taurus. Oh, wow. If it's not supposed to be, then it's just a happy coincidence because <laughs> yeah. it's the exact same color and looks just like Is Does this.
1: he still drive that? It's like I 90, think he still has Ford. it. Yeah. His
0: famous 92 green Ford Taurus.
1: Oh, God. That must have been in like a thousand sketches over the years. I,
0: um, I think I watched a remote that Conan did on, it was either his Tonight Show or it was on his his uh, TBS show, where he was saying, like, he doesn't, oh no, it was on 60 Minutes, I think mm. they interviewed him, and he said he doesn't drive it anymore, but he still has it, yeah. and he, like, he can't get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so tragically lands on his 92 Ford Taurus and dies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he follows, like, a hundred stories and turns into a puddle of soup, and then the guy comes and turns off the car. Oh, I know, I know. it's not his car, because a, a guy comes and turns off the and car alarm.
0: But it does look exactly uh, like his car, which Maybe is, it's a little nod, yeah. That's a happy coincidence. I don't think they told him that they were doing that before he saw the movie. I think they assumed <laughs> that he,
1: he would say no, but they talked to him later and he was like, I would have loved to do my, my voice and kill myself.
0: <laughs> I think he totally would. Oh, hell I, yeah. If anyone would do that, Conan would do that.
1: Oh, yeah. The king of self-deprecating humor, for sure. Somehow,
0: in every episode of this podcast... Conan O'Brien comes up, and then me Why and my not? guests just talk about it. It's, for, it's a great like, jumping off so point. So. minutes.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, okay, so uh, without Terrence and Philip, the Canadian economy is collapsing, and they decide to go to war with mm-hmm. the United States. Uh, and the first thing they do... Can you tell me the famous family? Here's what I like to do. I love to uh, quiz people mm-hmm. on... Elements of the film. Mm-hmm. So, do you know who the first uh, celebrities to die in the tragedy? The Baldwins, community? of course. Yes, the Baldwins. Yes. The Baldwin Mansion is eviscerated. <laughs> um, and back, I think back I mean...
1: in the nineties, the when they were almost all equal, now Alec is clearly the strongest. <laughs> but they were all kind of lumped together, I guess, back then. Can you name all the Baldwins? You got Billy, Stephen, Alec, uh, um, Adam. Is there an Adam, or is that that, that that's a different Baldwin? Isn't it?
0: I don't know. All I know is Steve and Billy and Alec. Yeah. I feel it just like Oster-y? there must be a fourth I one. think
1: there's a fourth. I don't... Is oh, there a fourth?
0: no. Our apologies to the Baldwins. Wow. <laughs> there's a fourth we, that we're We forgetting. let the
1: Baldwins down again.
0: <laughs> um. So, meanwhile, the boys keep... I think I skipped over this part, but it doesn't matter. So, the boys keep sneaking off to see the Terrence and Phillip movie, and uh, Cartman bets Kenny that you can't light a fart on fire. Mm-hmm. And then when he does... Kenny lights himself on fire mm-hmm. and bursts into flames and dies. Uh, keeping up with the tradition that as they that they used to do in every episode that I don't think they do anymore. Uh,
1: they'll do it every once in a while just as a surprise kind of like, <laughs> remember this? But yeah, they probably stopped that after like the first four or five seasons doing it every episode.
0: I've noticed that a lot of shows will have these like signature things that they do in every episode. And after a while, the, miters, the writers like must just get yeah. fatigue or something on it because they used to do... Um, like itchy and scratchy cartoons that, in The Simpsons, right, right. they don't do those that much anymore. Hmm. Or the uh, the Mo prank calls, right? Um, where Bart calls Mo with a fake name, they don't do those as much anymore. I don't know if it's because they strange. like. That's
1: strange. are such classic shticks
0: and it it, you like always get remembered for those things like everyone still remembers like kenny dying in every episode right but they just don't they still don't do it that much
1: anymore well i I guess the the writing team just changes over the years and they want to do new things yeah which is because with the simpsons you probably had like 10 sets of writers over the 30 plus years that they've yeah
0: I mean, I guess you can say it's unfortunate, but it is understandable. Yeah. Um, then Kevin... Kevin? Oh, my God. Kenny died. There's, there's
1: a South Park character named Kevin. <laughs> Whenever they uh, can't think of a, what to name a character, it's always Kevin. So there's always just a random... Nice little shout out for you. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's a nice shout
0: out. <laughs> so uh, Kenny is finally... He, he dies, and he's about to go to boob heaven, mm-hmm. where it's just beautiful boobs. Everywhere. Welcoming yeah. him. Mm-hmm. And then he plunges down into this... Kind of shoddily animated, 3D animated hell. Yeah. Um, and then can you can you remember the three celebrities that Kenny runs into on his descent to hell? Uh,
1: there's Hitler. There's yes. Gandhi. And I can't remember the name of the second guy with the glasses. Uh, I get part credit for that. Right?
0: <laughs> so I had to look this up because I obviously recognized Hitler. Yeah. Because you see all my memorabilia. Uh-huh. Big fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... Um, I recognized Gandhi, and I could not figure out who the second person is. Right. Uh, It's George Burns. Oh, okay. Which I don't... No, that
1: doesn't help me at all. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know
0: why. (laughs) He was, like, an actor, I think, like, a very old actor. And I looked it up, and I think... So this movie came out in, like, 1999, Mm -hmm. and I think he had died in, like, 97 or something. They
1: they do that. Like, they'll... I made fun of Steve Irwin, like a week or two after he got killed like they don't fuck around i mean there's no
0: such thing as too soon Mm -mm. which i wasn't offended by but i don't know george burns is not my demographic maybe huge george burns fans were spiraling (laughs) i don't know that seems like such an odd choice right to me (laughs) i think that's
1: the point It's just it's supposed to be random and stupid
0: (laughs) um so that's who he runs into he is now in hell Um,
1: Which has a population that's much, much higher. I think the heaven population, there's a little sign that says it's like 1,300 people. (laughs) And the hell population is like 9 trillion people or something. (laughs) Everyone goes there.
0: Which, um, I don't know, that might be accurate. Yeah. I feel like uh, if anything is going to struggle from overpopulation, it might be hell. Oh, hell yeah. I can't imagine uh, population control being a huge issue in heaven, mm. just because that would that would lead to a cut in resources. I mean, how could you live in? This is such. Yeah, a... we're getting into weird territory. <laughs> <Yeah>. but...
1: <laughs> the suburbs in heaven are really <laughs> strained. And... <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, this is at the time where uh, Bill Clinton was president.
1: Yeah, I think that was his last year.
0: Mm-hmm. He announces war on the C- the Canadians and announces the execution. Of Terrence and Philip,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and then Kyle's mom has also taken over and is working with the president. She's gone that high up, um, and I think this is what leads into the musical number. Uh, Kyle's mom is a bitch. Another mm-hmm. the classic, <laughs> which was the first song that I had heard from the. I remember being, uh, I think like probably like nine years old or something. Mm. Never having seen South Park, didn't know what it was. And this kid in my class being like, you got to watch this video from South Park. <laughs> like, it's so funny. And obviously, like, we didn't have smartphones back then. So he, like, I think this was, maybe I was a little older. Because this was, like, right when YouTube was starting. Mm. Oh, I, I been, or
1: something? Yeah, yeah. So I
0: must have been around 11. Because mm-hmm. I think that's how old I was when YouTube came about. But he sent me a clip of it and i was just like i don't know what to say like i <laughs> i didn't think it was funny then because i was like nine and swearing was wrong to me yeah. <laughs> um and i still don't know what to say today it wasn't my favorite musical number
1: well yeah well that's it's the a reoccurring theme uh carpent calling Kyle's mom a bitch <laughs> and this is kind of like an epic culmination of that i guess in yeah.
0: a way. <laughs> um and then cut back to hell kenny meets satan and uh satan is dating saddam hussein mm-hmm. and... and about
1: five yes he's dead in this i believe he was killed by a pack of wild boars and or yeah. something like that in this movie but this is about four or five years after he was really uh, executed so he was still alive <laughs> and uh and yeah, this one he's supposed to be dead
0: um and this is like a running b plot essentially throughout the whole film where saddam and satan are dating and saddam is just like this Terrible, like sex-crazed maniac mm-hmm. that even Satan can't abide by. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, which um, and and Satan is like a very sympathetic character in this movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> and has a whole musical number. Kind of a
1: protagonist in a way. Yeah, yeah
0: and his musical number, uh, which I don't think comes up yet, but it comes up soon, called "Up There," where he's talking about how it must be so much better on Earth than it is down in <laughs> yeah. Hell. Um, my whole thing with the the plot line between. Satan and Saddam Hussein. I thought it was really funny. I wish that they had done more with it.
1: They do more on the show. There's several episodes uh, with, with them together, too. Maybe
0: I would like that. Then. Yeah. Because I thought, like, that's super funny. And I love just how, like, creative that is. And, like, just, like, over-the-top stupid. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I love, like, Satan not acting in the way that you would expect him to. And kind of Saddam Hussein acting exactly how you would <laughs> expect <laughs> him to, maybe. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was great. I just thought, like, I don't know, maybe this movie had been built up too much to me, but there were so many parts where I was like, I wish that this was funnier okay. than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I'm not the authority. I'm not a huge fan of the regular series, and we'll get into that okay. uh, after we go through this. But I don't know, there were just some parts where I was like, this has so much potential, and it's just not, okay. I don't know, clever enough to me.
1: It's just, it was too crude and too in your face, and they need to be more subtle, do you think, or...
0: Uh, I don't know what it was. I mean, it's not that I, I like. What
1: about the portrait of Skeet Ulrich? Isn't that... That's so funny to me, just hanging <laughs> <laughs> over their bed.
0: I didn't uh, get that.
1: It's who just is... supposed to be random.
0: Skeet Ulrich? <laughs> I don't uh, know who that is. No, he was
1: the bad guy in Scream.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I love that movie. How yeah. did I not get that? I, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, that's Him been... and Matthew Willard. Yeah.
0: I'd, okay. The randomness does not bother me. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just, uh, I don't know. I guess I just wanted more. Okay. That's I fair. I guess it was too much of the same thing in every scene for me between them. Okay. I I don't know. When I it saw Saddam's
1: dick dildo, that truly shocked me the first time. I, I jumped out of my seat. Remember when I saw that the first time? But it's not real either,
0: guy. <laughs> How old were you when you first saw this movie?
1: Uh, probably like around twelve. Yeah, oh my God. that was the age I was starting to get really corrupted by stuff. So yeah. I think
0: I think a good background for people to know about me and maybe why I don't connect with this as much. Is so I was raised very conservatively, not okay. like crazy conservative. Like we couldn't listen to music or right. some shit like that. Like we weren't the Duggars, but I like I was still raised in like going to church like once or twice a week, even right, uh, right. like very conservative environment. We had like parental locks on our television and stuff, oh. and so I the only time that I would be exposed to like South Park or like anything like that was when I was getting a little bit older, like more when I was in high school um, because I had two older brothers and we figured out how to unlock the parental and, and, uh, I did As I did and, too. And didn't have... I also didn't have cable until... Uh, the later end of junior high. Mm. So I wasn't exposed to things like this until I was far older. Right. And by then it had been so ingrained in my mind that like this humor is wrong. Yeah. And like swearing is bad and blah, blah, blah. Like if I was one of the kids who had seen the Terrence and Phillip movie at the age that these kids in the movie are, I would have also walked out. Like I would have been like, this is trash. I would have been like on the parents' side. It also (laughs)
1: speaks to the truth because as a former 10, 11 year old boy little 10-year, 11-year-old boys do talk like that. They do say these things all the time, every day at recess. Um, That is a part of growing up is being a perverted little shit. (laughs) Uh.
0: Which I'm not saying is not true. I'm just saying I, in particular, don't relate to that. Uh, Sure. Because... I I don't know I was never like that my I didn't hang out with kids who were like that uh what was we your, didn't we didn't talk like that in my house right so
1: what was your, my parents were way more white trash and like, <laughs> so we we I got away with a lot more stuff but uh, what was the parental uh, code that you you figured out what was the um, date was there like a date mine was Christmas so I figured that shit out real quick
0: <laughs> uh mine was my birthday
1: oh come on it's even easier I, okay,
0: I figured out at a young age. Well, here's the thing. So I didn't have parental locks when I was younger because we didn't have cable. And then when we got cable, my parents couldn't figure out how to do it until we were, like, in high school. So then they figured out how to do the parental locks. And then after, like, a year or two, I figured out how to do it because I figured out that my mom's password for everything, which it's not anymore, so don't even fucking try it, you guys. <laughs> but it used to be my birthday. Oh, so because Never forget. Well, because my birthday is in April, and all of my other siblings are born in August, oh, so you okay. get it confused easily. Okay. So it was always like, well, mine is the outlier, so it's obviously the easiest one to remember. Right, right. And my mom doesn't remember things easily, <laughs> so I was yeah. like, I know she's not going to pick a hard password. <laughs> so that's how we figured it out. Yeah. So I wasn't... I don't think I watched an episode of South Park until I was like, probably like 15 or something. Really? And I think it was the episode where uh, they say that gingers have no soul. Oh, yeah, classic. Which I thought was actually pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so there are some episodes that I'm like, I get on board with this. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I guess I just don't have the nostalgia for it and I don't uh, I have a list, to that. I have
1: a list of a couple episodes I want to show you that it's just the peak... Satire. It's just so good that mm-hmm. you have to like this episode. So I got a couple. <laughs> we'll, we'll show you after.
0: Manny did have a, an episode. Um, Manny, he was on my uh, Christmas episode, but he's also my boyfriend. And he showed me the... I think it was called like the Time Stoppers or like Crime Stoppers. Or, oh, yeah. It's the episode where they become like... The
1: detectives. Yeah, yeah,
0: they become detectives but then the police start taking them like way too seriously <laughs> <Yeah>. and like <laughs> putting them on real detective cases. And yeah. I actually thought that was really it funny stops too. being like an
1: extracurricular <laughs> thing for school and then they're like full-on detectives like solving <laughs> yeah. crime like murders and drug yeah. busts. I think yeah. this
0: was season seven. Okay. Um, and that one I actually thought was really funny. Oh, so yeah. there are... There are some episodes... They're not all
1: perfect. They're not all gems for sure. I have episodes that I hate. Um, yeah. So you got to find the right ones, I but guess. But to me,
0: like, that episode wasn't as crass as it was just, like, ridiculous. Yeah. And, like, I, I guess, yeah, kind of dark because, like, there are these children, like, witnessing murder. But, yeah. like, I, yeah, like, I'm... I've come a long way from how conservative I was when <laughs> oh, I was yeah. younger. Like, I fucking, like, I love dirty jokes I love, like, dark humor. Like, Mm -hmm. my humor has only gotten, like, darker and bluer as I've aged. Okay. But I still just, I can't get on board with just, like, crass stuff. I guess I don't know this makes me sound like I have a stick up my ass no right?
1: no no I think certain uh, artists often just push the envelope just to push the envelope like uh, Eminem was kind of like that and his music just being as crass <laughs> to uh, stick a finger to people who want to censor and just raising the, the, the limits of what's okay to be said generally and yeah. okay to be out in public and uh, just kind of pushing the limits to tr- try to acquire some more creative freedom I guess in a way <laughs>
0: which even though i don't really like even though i'm not a huge fan of like consuming that kind of content mm-hmm. i do maintain the fact that it has value and that we should constantly be pushing the envelope mm-hmm. and like trying new things like i don't think everything should be watered down and like just
1: right because if you look sad. at you look at tv <laughs> 20 years ago what you can say on tv now as opposed to that like you can say shit on like a mm-hmm. bunch of uh, national networks um, it's it's you definitely ch- dick too. Yeah, you can say lots of stuff. I think
0: you can say dick if you're calling someone a dick. balls. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. You, it's funny. They're like logic behind it. I don't think you
1: can say tits. Can I don't know. You? I don't think so because that used to be one of the old school. Like, I wonder words you can't say.
0: I think you can say titties.
1: Titties, I think, is okay.
0: <laughs> Which it's so funny how yeah. they differentiate. Like, okay, like you can say dick <laughs> if you're calling someone a dick, but you right. can't say dick in reference to, the, to yeah. like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> but. And I'm pretty sure you can say titties, but you can't say tits. Okay, And, like it's weird that they came up with these ideas that like. Who's the guy?
1: Who's the guy that makes the rules?
0: Honestly, I kind of want to be that guy oh, because hell yeah. I feel like you would be exposed <laughs> to so <laughs> much <laughs> like dirtier shit. Yeah. like I feel like the people who work in like, uh, like the FCC or like censors, uh-huh. like they probably get to read the funniest drafts of everything. Oh god, like, imagine. Yeah, because they, I mean, they have to send it back and be like, no, this shit is terrible. Like, <laughs> yeah. please cut this out. And you have to, like, this is going to be the weirdest thing I've ever said. I have Drew Carey's book.
1: Dirty Jokes and Beer? Yeah. I Dirty read that, Beer I read that too. No, no, I, You have it? Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: Okay, so this was the when... one... That's
1: one of the four books I've read in my entire <laughs> life.
0: I got this book for free out of a bin when I was in high school, uh-huh. and I was like, okay, whatever, Drew Carey, whatever. Like, there was, like... I was growing up in this weird era where, like, Drew Carey was the number one person on television. He was big. He
1: had two hit uh, shows on yes. Major Network. And
0: yeah. He was in a ride at California Adventure. <laughs> like, big
1: stamp comedian. Yes. He, he got the, the Johnny Carson uh, bump. They. Uh, I think that was like his big career starter. He was on the Tonight Show and afterwards it went pretty well and Carson called him over to talk on the couch. Whenever that happens, it's Carson <laughs> yeah. giving you the nod and his career just kinda of exploded after that. But
0: Which is so strange to think about. There like there's certain people who were on T V like back in the late nineties, early two thousands who I don't think would ever be as big as they were. Like Tim oh, yeah. Allen. Don't know if he would have no made way. it. No way. Drew Carey, same thing. Like he was the it guy for like he has a great look. Five years, he, he
1: had a great look. That's the, true. Yeah,
0: I do. I nothing against Drew Carey. I actually really like Me him. Me too. But I, it's just so random that like a fifteen year old girl <laughs> in like <laughs> yeah. 2000 when was I fifteen like 2012 or something would uh-huh. be reading uh,
1: Drew Carey's yeah. book. But I did. Hell yeah.
0: And there's a whole chapter in there about the weird notes that they would get. From the censors. I always wanted the to do... Education. I think he had in that
1: book um, really great Halloween costumes. And it was a guy with no pants he went as one time. <laughs> and it was just him and boxers. I always thought that was really funny. <laughs> I always wanted to do that.
0: But I, I highly encourage you guys. <laughs> you could probably get a copy of that book on Amazon for like a dollar.
1: Or in an alleyway. you probably find it. <laughs> you uh, maybe
0: even find a PDF if people cared enough to put it online. Yeah. But there's a whole chapter that's just like the notes that he got from the censors. And they always read so funny. Like, uh-huh. they'll be like, in, mm-hmm. instead of saying that he has a foot in his ass, can you please say that he has a, a bit of scrap mill lodged in his rectum? Oh, like, Jesus. Like, that's, like that's so much like, more. Like, <laughs> yeah, like they'll make it more technical and then it's somehow like far worse. Yeah, like, like they can make it
1: more scientific and it's way more off putting.
0: <laughs> it's so funny. Um, so oh, South Park. South mean. Park. That's right. That's right. Um, so then. We cut to another PTA meeting where they are talking about how they inserted a chip into Cartman's brain that will shock him every time he swears. Dr.
1: Vosnocker, mm-hmm. played by uh, Eric Idle of Monty Python.
0: <laughs> and this is kind of, uh, kind of a parody of the V-chip, which is what was, I was talking about earlier, kind of the parental locks that they would put on televisions. Um, and I think they even advertised the movie as, like, the reason that the V-chip was invented. Yeah. I don't know why it was called the V-chip. That sounds dirty yeah. in itself. In itself, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and then I looked it up. I was like, oh, it's just the block that they put on television. to so put frontal <laughs> yeah. locks on it. And I think, um, like, every television after, like, the year 2000 had to, like, come with oh, those right? already installed. Huh. Yeah. So fucking weird. Yeah, but that sounds dirty as hell. Um, so he gets he gets something put in his brain to shock him every time he swears. Um, the army is basically like recruiting everyone in South Park to help them wage war against Canada.
1: And it's strange. You like the they don't have the uniforms. They have to like make their own uniforms. If you <laughs> notice, like the dads are wearing like home knit <laughs> uniforms, and
0: this is wartime. Yeah. <laughs> they have to ration things. Times is things. tough. Um, and. Kyle is trying to stand up to his mom, but she mm-hmm. won't listen. Um, and then there is a love interest introduced for Wendy's character who's like, what is he, like British? Like
1: a like uh, proper blonde head? It's kind of like that, that American British, like you get in the East Coast sometimes, yeah. you know what I mean? Kind of like uh, like how James Earl Jones sounds British, but he's American, <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: And uh, he's kind of Stan's rival throughout the rest of the movie. Uh, Stan decides that he needs to get on board with politics so that he can impress Wendy. Um, so back in hell, which mm-hmm. I love sentences mm-hmm. that start like that, uh, Kenny is mm-hmm. spying on Satan and Saddam. Uh, Satan is watching over the earth and is basically taking this uh, war time that's now going on as a sign that the apocalypse is nigh. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is waiting for the execution of Terrence and Philip so that he and Saddam Hussein can come and, like, take over the world.
1: Yes, once the blood is spilled onto the soil, then he can officially rise from the underground.
0: <laughs> Which, I really like that part of the movie. Yeah. So, like The Satan and Saddam part, I love so much, and I just, I don't know why, like, there was more that I wanted them to do with it. It's but... definitely
1: worth another watch. There's a little h- hidden eas- Easter eggs that I am still catching, actually. <laughs> I just saw the other day, I was re-watching this, and uh, during one of the... I think it's like the lay Mis song and the the dads Mm -hmm. are marching in the street and you can see Jesus in the very, very back of the line dressed up (laughs) as a soldier. It's little tidbits like that.
0: And um, then we get to this random scene where I only wrote one, I only wrote one line about this, but I think it requires more explanation. They find like a weird German porn that Cartman's mom is in.
1: (laughs) That's a recurring theme on the show, too, is uh, mother is very adventurous sexually. Uh, Which,
0: I definitely got hints of that earlier in the movie, but that was, like, one of the funniest scenes to me. Oh, God, <laughs> hell yeah.
1: God damn, your mom sucks, Carmen. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I don't even remember how that happened. I think they were, like, oh, they were looking up uh, what the clitoris is and mm-hmm. trying to figure that out.
1: And that was, for some reason, the first link. That they...
0: <laughs> Which, like... I feel like... I I don't know. The internet has progressed a lot since then. I feel like you would get maybe some other search results first. Yeah. Oddly specific. Um, The ghost of Kenny starts haunting Cartman Mm -hmm. and uh, trying to warn him about Satan and Saddam's uprising. Um, That's when we get to Satan's song about uh, wanting to be back on Earth, or wanting to be on Earth, and Mm -hmm. how much better it must be up there. And then we get to... My favorite song in the movie, which is um, the kids are forming La Resistance, Mm -hmm. which is kind of their uh, own little underground anti-war chamber with all the kids trying to talk some sense into their parents. Um, Got
1: some real strong Les Mis vibes going on here. And then
0: we have this really great song, which I personally think should have been the one that was uh, nominated for best song, Mm -hmm. but whatever. Um, Maybe it was too...
1: But think, Blame Canada wasn't that dirty. and Maybe that's why they nominated that one. True. Uh, but what were you going to say?
0: I was, well, I had seen this song before watching the movie because Manny's a huge fan of it, so he's shown it to me several times. Um, and it is a great, like, ode to Blame Is' uh, One Day More mm-hmm. where everything is just kind of culminating and they do a crossover of basically all the songs that they've done thus far in the right. film. And it's actually really well put together. It is. I think you don't really, at least to me, I didn't fully grasp like how great those earlier songs are until they all complemented each other perfectly, because I'm just thinking about the process of making this song specifically, like they probably had to go back and tweak some parts of the earlier songs to Mm -hmm. make sure that they would later culminate better into this one. Um,
1: so they can like blend into each other yeah. Better, yeah
0: so I loved this song it's my favorite musical number I mean I am like a sucker for Les Mis and parody in sure. general yeah. so it gave me everything I wanted um, and then we, after this song we cut back to hell where Kenny is essentially uh, encouraging Satan to break up with Saddam and get the treatment that he deserves mm-hmm. as the holy ruler of the underground of world um, and then I don't know the rest of this. I have notes, but this is this part of the movie where I started to fade oh. a little bit, which was funny because I really liked the beginning. And then, well, we started getting into the middle, and Manny was like, "I think this is where it picks up," and I was like, "My interest is going down." Uh, okay, <laughs> this is where I had to like, I it took me like maybe forty minutes, like maybe a half an hour to get through ten minutes of this film. Oh, okay. Because I just kept pausing it and like needing a break, and yeah. I don't know why. Um, Satan tries to break up with Saddam Hussein. And then Saddam does this whole musical number called I Can Change. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about this musical number for Mm -hmm. a second. I think it's great that they gave Saddam Hussein a musical number. Yeah. I feel like the whole point... I mean, and this is what you have to look at when you're making a musical in general. Your songs have to hit either the emotional beats or... kind of has to be the moment where it's like we can't not do this right and that's how i felt about the saddam hussein musical number where it's like you can't have saddam hussein in your musical and then not give him a number like that's too funny right right um but it probably is
1: one of the weaker songs of the movie
0: yeah i think it's a weaker song and i'm gonna go into one of my complaints about south park in general okay i think the animation drags it down sometimes okay so there's a part at the end where Saddam Hussein, like, break dances, And I feel like it, that could have been really funny if you could have visually mm-hmm. displayed it better.
1: Right. That is part of the charm, I guess, of, of <laughs> South Park, is just how shitty the animation is. They make that joke themselves yeah, uh, in the movie. I don't know. if The first episode of South Park, um, the pilot, was actually made out of cardboard paper, and they cut the different characters into pieces, and they... Uh, just used different pieces of card-colored uh, uh, paper to cut these characters out, and they created the entire first episode that way. Stop and they me. planned on doing the entire show like that, but they're like, "This shit took three months. We can't, <laughs> we can't do this." Um, but that's always just kind of been a part of the uh, the charm of South Park is how shitty it looks. But you'll notice after like season seven or eight, there's way more three D uh, animation into it. The show looks much different. Uh, probably a yeah. few years after that, but yes, that is it. Looks it looks like shit.
0: Well, my problem is, you know, I like it when animation... Because I'm a huge animation fan. I love it when there's a unique style. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's great when you can, like, pinpoint a character or, like, know exactly what show it is Mm -hmm. just by, like, seeing the background or something. Like, uh, Bob's Burgers. Bob's Mm -hmm. Burgers has a very unique look when you compare it to Simpsons, which also has a really unique look as Mm -hmm. compared to... Like, even Futurama, Mm -hmm. you can tell as a Matt Groening show Mm -hmm. just based off of its relation to how the Simpsons looks right um so I have nothing against like unique aesthetic Mm -hmm. in animation but I yeah I just think in general it doesn't bother me but sometimes like visually I think it can drag a joke down okay because you can't you can't fully display the visual appreciate
1: the physical comedy yeah of it. yeah
0: so in general it doesn't bother me as much i'm not like these characters are ugly or whatever right. i think it's cool that they have a unique design but this is like a prime example to me of like that's really funny if you could fucking see it right. like if you knew what they were trying to do yeah. um so that's why i had to stop on this musical number because as soon as i watched it i was like a it wasn't as I- you know what I'm going to say it. I think this musical number was the reason that the Saddam Hussein and Satan plotline left me wanting more. Okay. Because I think they could have done a really fucking funny, like, duet between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Or they could have made his, his musical number, like, more out there or something. Like, I feel like if you're going to give Saddam Hussein a musical number for, like, comedy's sake, go all out. Right. So... I know I'm going very harsh on this 1999 film at the moment, no, like, no, but, no. but I think that's what it was. I think uh, that's what really made it lacking for me. I think mm. I pinpointed it, you guys. I'm okay.
1: It was that song that ruined the...
0: Well, it didn't ruin it for right. me, but I think like...
1: It, it took you it, out of your... Because I feel like element. that
0: was like the culmination of it in mm-hmm. a way. Um,
1: I, I would agree that that probably is the weakest part of the movie is uh, right around that song. Um, it does probably drag a little bit because at this point you're watching South Park. I shouldn't this should have ended like an hour ago? But it's still it's still going on. But I, um, I can agree with that.
0: So then we now we're getting into the, where I thought it started to pick up again. So this is the very end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when we are at the execution mm-hmm. um, for Terrence and Phillip.
1: Winona Ryder doing the <laughs> show,
0: and I love the the joke that like. <laughs> They, it's, like, treated as, like, it's, like, what, like, a USO show, basically. Mm-hmm. And their opening for the execution is Yippee the Dog. <laughs> yeah. like and t- they're all super
1: stoked on it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, this tiny-ass dog that does look <laughs> That is what made me laugh the hardest watching this movie. Oh, like, just that part, I was like, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Winona Ryder playing ping-pong. Um, I love like the cutbacks to this entire show. I love how they're treating the execution like, like a, whole, like a variety show yeah. essentially. <laughs> Something Colby's. you
1: would see on TV like in the fifties. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, that was really clever to me. Yeah. Um, and then, meanwhile, La Resistance has found the mole, mm-hmm. and he's like like a French foreign exchange student i don't I believe guess, he ever who, appears
1: like, in the the tv series the mall. i he think he's
0: a brand new character exclusive yeah. to this movie yeah. <laughs> um who's basically like helping them break in um and creates like a whole plan of how they're going to get terrence and philip back kyle and stan uh are in charge of distracting the mc i think the mc of the show mm-hmm. uh big gay al yeah and, and, Kyle's making, mom, him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and making them Extend the show as long as possible, so that uh, in the meantime they can try to get Terrence and Philip out of there. Um, what did you think of the big gay owl musical number?
1: Oh, it was fabulous. <laughs> um... You got to see his dick at the end. Uh, (laughs) I did write that down. (laughs) For some reason, all of the wieners on the show look like that. They're just like the most modest, like, eyebrow kind of a... (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) uh, But really, really good music. Love Big Gay Al. He's a big part of the show. (laughs) Um <laughs> This was my
0: first exposure to Big Gay. Hour. Oh really? Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> he had a, he had a good 4 or 5 different episodes over the the years. Is but, he uh, do they
0: still incorporate that character?
1: Um I believe every once in a while they'll have like just a a town setting and they'll have like a random character in the background. I feel like they've done that with him a couple of times where he's uh-huh. just at the market or something or he's just there but uh not so much a main character anymore, but yeah. he's still a part of the show. <laughs>
0: I do have to say that I love that name oh, yeah. so much. That's a hilarious character name. Whether or not you're offended by it, it's hilarious. Still. Just the name is amazing.
1: And I just love how they were uh, begging him to do an encore. And uh, he's like, oh, I, I can't do. It. I don't have anything prepared. And then there's like this giant show stopping number with like 40 different rehearsed guys. And, but, uh, yeah. and
0: I wonder if, I wonder if because of the placement of the Saddam Hussein number being, like, the number right before the Big Gay Al number, I wonder if that's why they couldn't give Saddam Hussein, like, a huge showstopper Mm. because they were about to do this one. Right. And this one is based off of a joke. Yeah. uh, More so, I wonder I wonder if that's why. I wonder if they had, like, a bigger one for him planned originally or something. And then they were right. like, we have two, like, I guess they all can be that numbers. big,
1: show-timey, show Yeah, that kind of, you yeah. have to
0: have, like, a variety within your musical. I mean, that is one of the, like, the facets of the genre. So, mm-hmm. okay. I just thought of this. Maybe I'll give them a little bit more credit, where credit <laughs> is due. But, um... So Cartman's whole job is to shut down the alarms, mm-hmm. and he can't do it. Mm-hmm. He, I don't remember why. Uh,
1: no, uh, Kenny's ghost comes and scares oh, him yeah. off. yeah, So
0: he, he doesn't do it, um, and then the alarm goes off, and then the mole is uh, chased...
1: By the attack dogs. Yeah,
0: by the attack dogs. And then you get a nice little uh, Cosette and Marius from Les Miserables moment yeah. between him and Kyle, where he's <laughs> dying in <laughs> Kyle's arms. Which once again, not super memorable the lyrics, but love that moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, and then the kids try to save Terrence and Philip by shutting off the power. Um, then, like, kind of all hell breaks loose, and this is like, I think they free. This is when everything basically comes to a head. Right. They free Terrence and Philip. But then they're, like, caught, and then the Canadians come, and, like, basically the war breaks out. Yeah. Um, I think, so... yeah,
1: at some point, uh, when Cartman, uh, he gets the V-chip um, electrocuted with the actual uh, electrocution chamber that they have Terrence and Philip uh, oh, yeah, tied yeah. up to, and that gives him some sort of super electrical superpower <laughs> uh, that's very important to the ending of the movie.
0: And then uh, Stan has a vision where a giant clitoris...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: befalls him also, him also mary Kay. also mary k oh she plays the clitoris mm-hmm. beautiful mm-hmm. love that for her <laughs> <laughs> and uh and uh tells him to just be himself and then um yeah this is basically the culmination of everything in the movie uh the moms all leave sheila mm-hmm. who has basically been the whole instigator for this entire war Gotten millions
1: of people killed already. And they're all kind of turning their back on her at this point.
0: And then have the realization that, oh shit, this is actually dangerous for our children.
1: I also love that the yippee, the backflipping dog is a part of the battle. (laughs) (laughs) There's people with tanks and machine guns and their little dog doing backflips. He's
0: my favorite part of this movie, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) Um, And then we finally get the moment where Kyle stands up to his mom. And then she still won't listen to to reason and she shoots... Terence and Philip,
1: mm-hmm. um, and the blood has spilled. The blood on the ground. has
0: spilled. So Saddam and Satan come to Earth, but Cartman is able to channel the electric powers that he was given, mm-hmm. uh, and basically is able to zap Saddam and subdue him. By saying as many
1: cuss words as possible, and then he's able to uh, navigate and direct the electricity into Saddam. (laughs) And the greatest cuss word of them all at the end was Barbara Streisand uh, to top him off.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Satan finally stands up to Saddam and sends him back to hell. And then uh, he grants Kenny a wish Mm -hmm. for basically empowering him. And Kenny's wish is that everything goes back to the way it was Mm -hmm. before all of this uh, war broke out and he gets to go to boob heaven Mm -hmm. which is a nice little treat everyone was like but you'll still be dead but he gets to go to boob heaven so there's a consolation prize for being a hero that's true um and then sheila realizes that her activism has taken her away from her son Mm -hmm. um and then Wendy confesses that she doesn't give a shit about the British dude and holds hands with Stan, who promptly vomits on her Uh because he's been vomiting on her for the entirety of the film.
1: And for the first couple seasons.
0: (laughs) And then um, I think they close out with a reprise of Mountain Town, Mm -hmm. the whole ensemble. It all culminates in one beautiful town song. Like the
1: proper enunciation of reprise, by the way. That's really classy. Oh, thank you.
0: I did a lot of musical theater <laughs> right? as a child, so I know how to do this. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> that is the end yeah. of South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut. Did I forget any significant parts of the plot?
1: Uh, George Clooney uh, reprised his role from the ER to play the ER doctor, oh, yeah. in which they replace... Uh, Kenny's Heart with the Baked Potato, one of my personal favorites. <laughs> I do like that. Um, i trying to think. I think there are some other celebrities in this. mini Driver is in this. Uh, I think she plays Brooke Shields. Uh, I it on a set of Blue Lagoon. Um, I think we've pretty much covered it. We've probably been talking longer than the actual movie at this point, but uh, one of my all-time favorites. Absolutely. Um, hopefully uh, we've found some common ground here. And, uh, well it's worth another it's worth another watch
0: i should i have a list of pros and cons okay uh, i'd like to give you as my final thoughts um but let's take a quick break for a second hey kevin hey um so now that you've been on the show i have a question for you something i ask all of my guests would you sponsor me
1: like for aa
0: well, yes, and we'll talk about that off mic. Okay. But more specifically... Like commercially? Yeah. Sure. Like if you were an advertiser, mm-hmm. you would want me to do ad reads for oh, you, Oh, hell yeah. Right? So I like to do this on my show where my guest on the spot gives me a brand or an item or any product that you would like, and I'm going to improvise an ad read right here, right now.
1: Uh, well, there's, there's a big company out there and I'm sure you've heard of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dave's Purple Pickles.
0: Oh yeah. Love Dave's Purple Pickles. Oh yeah. Perfect. Okay. I'll give you an ad read for, uh, Dave's Purple Pickles. Here we go. Crunch, 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 crunch. I love pickles. Hey mom, what are you doing? Oh, hi. Didn't see you there, Bobby. Uh, I'm just sitting on the couch and I'm eating some pickles. Why are they purple? Oh, honey, I am so glad you asked. Sometimes when you're an adult, you get bored with just regular green pickles. You want some excitement in your life. (laughs) This is the only joy I have in mine, frankly. (laughs) That's why I only buy Dave's Purple Pickles. They're the pickle for people like me who are in a pickle because their souls are dead. <laughs> so what you do basically is uh, you go to the store, you go into the pickle aisle, skip over all of those green pickles. You wanna look for that patented purple pickle jar. It's going to be a, a fully pickle-shaped jar. It's all purple. And then twist off that little cap, twist, twist, twist. <gasps> There's multicolored pickles inside. Yeah, it's not just purple, honey. So
1: what separates a purple pickle from a regular pickle?
0: Oh, well, I'm glad you asked that. You're asking all sorts of questions today.
1: (laughs) I want you to be very specific in your answer.
0: Oh, yes. Well, uh, what separates one of Dave's purple pickles from a a regular pickle is uh, not only the color, it's also the viscosity of the brine. Stick your finger in this jar, honey. (sighs) What? Hmm. See how the goo just envelops your finger? Try to get it out. It's spreading up my finger. Yeah. Oh, see, you can't. That's why, that's what makes these pickles purple. We have the number one most viscous brine in all of the pickle competition uh, slots.
1: What would you prefer? Dave's Purple Pickles or Peter's Pretty Picked Peppers? Don't you fucking
0: bring (laughs) that name up in this house again. Are you fucking serious? Uh, do you want me to get out the, the pizza paddle that mm. we also use as the spanking paddle? No, ma'am. Yeah. So don't you fucking be a smart ass like that again, okay? Yes, ma'am. Dave's Purple Pickles. Purple Pickles to share with your family when your soul is dead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Mom.
0: <laughs> uh, go go talk to your father. Oh. Wow. Thank you so much for that. Kevin. <laughs> what a suggestion. I don't know whether <laughs> to say you're
1: welcome or apologize. But... <laughs>
0: The thing about their animation that you you said... That they do address how shitty their animation style is. Mm -hmm. And I think... The thing about this cons list... Is that they do address a lot of criticisms that people could give them. Mm -hmm. Um, They address the fact... I mean, I have this on here. That they're crass. um, And that there is just like a lot of toilet humor and stuff. Like The whole point of Terrence and Phillip in this whole movie... Is kind of that they're parodying themselves. Right. And so they do address people's criticisms even before they say them so in a way it almost seems moot to Mm -hmm. point them out
1: it's like when a battle rapper uh brings up his own flaws as a way to take away ammunition from you so you can't use that stuff against them it's kind of like that
0: which is a good strategy yeah but i don't think that makes it and like acknowledging that like your animation's bad doesn't make it any better like no No. (laughs) so in a way I do respect that attitude, but I'm like, I could still have these criticisms. Like, I mean, you're kind of validating them in a way. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, just in general. And I'll say this about the show. Uh, I think the reason that it's hard for me to invest in the show is that I am not super invested in most of the characters. Mm. Um, and to me, like my investment in a show or film's, it usually always boils down to whether or not I like the characters.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I don't like Cartman.
1: What? That doesn't make any <laughs> sense. I mean, you know, he's he's evil. Like, he's not a good person, but he's he's, <laughs> he's like one of the greatest antagonists in TV history. I know.
0: Okay. Well, we'll have to argue this out for a second okay. here. Because. So, I don't like Cartman. However, I'm also not someone who generally likes the antagonistic character. Sure. Like, if we're talking about community, Mm -hmm. my least favorite character on that show is Pierce.
1: Oh.
0: However, I do acknowledge that you kind of have to have that character. Mm. I wouldn't petition for them to be, like, removed. Like, I think South Park would be boring without Cartman. Yeah. Because the other three characters aren't as... uh, I guess reactive, uh, or I, like I think, as uh, impulsive as he Stan is. Stan and
1: Kyle usually represent Matt and Trey, also like their own personal political views, or just usually like either Stan or Kyle at the end of the episode has a big um, moral monologue, and this is what we learned today, and that's usually when they get to talk themselves as uh, uh, Stan and Kyle. But, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: So I understand that, like, without that kind of character, there's basically no show. Right. However, I still just don't like him.
1: Okay, that's fair.
0: (laughs) I don't think he should be removed. Okay. Just not a huge fan of him. Like, I wouldn't want to watch a Cartman-centric episode. And
1: Another one of those characters that's changed enormously over the course of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Before, he was, like, the instigator of all of evil and just really fucking shit up but now he's really changed he had like a girlfriend for like a full season and he's really (laughs) becoming a different character now it's interesting oh
0: that would be really interesting to watch actually there's still
1: shades of the evil that comes out but Uh he's really changed a lot yeah
0: and another thing that keeps me less invested in the characters is that I can't differentiate okay now I, I can through sight but it's very hard for me to personality wise differentiate Kyle versus Stan.
1: They're both the same character in my opinion. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: they don't stick out to me as like, oh, this is a Kyle line. This is a Stan line. Right. So you, I mean, so that's why you need Cartman even more. Mm -hmm. And Kenny doesn't do shit because he's always dying and you can't hear it. They're almost
1: (laughs) always the straight characters uh, in in this scene because everything is so stupid and insane going on around them. They have to kind of be down-to-earth and maybe a bit more monotone as compared to all the other crazy characters. And
0: even when I went back to, like, read about the show to, like, better educate myself for watching the movie, the description of them was literally, like... Stan is the moral compass of the show. He is hmm. the straight man character. And Kyle is Jewish. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. like, straight up what the Wikipedia entries yeah. said. Jesus. It was like, Kyle is the Jewish character. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> maybe, I like was like, written
1: by Cartman, almost.
0: I was like, well, even like the people who watch this show don't know the difference.
1: <laughs> um... And it's funny because whenever you see them, like, take off their hoodies or whatever, all their faces are essentially identical. Yeah. Uh, like, all the kids' faces, anyways, are almost <laughs> the exact same face, just with a different hat on mm-hmm. or a different whatever, different hair.
0: It's funny because I feel like the side characters, and I know they've expanded on a lot of the side characters throughout the seasons. Uh, the side characters are way more interesting or, like, differentiated to me than the four main characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I essentially feel like three out of four the of the four boys are, like, kind of the same. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Kenny, he's a wild card because you can't really hear what he's saying. Yeah, Kenny's the
1: ace in the hole. Yeah. yeah,
0: but, I mean, he dies off at some point. So then it's just the three of them, and then two of them are the same, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, but I do like how all the mothers are, like, very different. And, like, yeah. even just by watching the movie and not having watched the show, I got that... Um, I, I like um, is it Stan's dad the one who has like the mustache and the, mm-hmm. the black hair. I like Randy, him a lot one my, yeah
1: one of my favorite characters I
0: like him a lot yeah him and
1: Cartman are my two favorite uh, characters probably
0: mm. I for some reason I knew that you were going to love Cartman even oh, though yeah. we haven't talked about South Park if, like if you buy
1: something that is South Park whether it's a backpack or a lunch pail it's probably going to have Cartman's face on it yeah.
0: yeah he's like the Bart Simpson of yeah, exactly. the franchise exactly. essentially he's the merchandisable one mm-hmm because he is so distinct.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, <clears throat> I, I don't know why. And he's a, I, he's a
1: catchphrase machine, too. Yeah.
0: I totally have had you pegged for a Cartman fan. <laughs> yeah. And um, so that's just my cons in general, not just with the movie, but with the show itself. It's why I've never gotten fully on board with it. Mm-hmm, that's um, fair. It's why some episodes mm-hmm. I'll watch and like, but I would never like sit down to really watch it on my own. Um, however, I do have a lot of pros for this movie, just cool. as much. Um, we talked about some of the music. I, some of the songs are really stand out. I think mm-hmm. the ones that aren't good, I just don't really remember anything about them. Mm-hmm. But then the ones that are good are really good. Some are
1: filler and some are really amazing.
0: Yeah. Um, and I also think it's interesting to see how they have mm-hmm. developed as musical creators and mm-hmm. songwriters from going from this to The Book of Mormon, a oh, yeah. Tony Award winning musical. Mm-hmm. Um And granted, I mean, Robert Lopez also helped them with that musical as well. But, I mean, they were still involved in it. And to see, like, the evolution from this to that, Mm -hmm. I think that's great. Um, And I think that the message is one that's still prevalent. I think it's one that will always be a topical message, no matter what time period you're in, as long as media still exists. Um, Because it's all about censorship Mm -hmm. and... They and say,
1: tr- traditionally kind of the American viewpoint, and they kind of stated in the movie too, that deplorable, awful violence is okay as long as people don't say any naughty words, which yeah. is generally how TV was in the 90s anyways.
0: Which is something that's always fascinated me as someone who was raised like going to church in a conservative environment. So I did not swear until I went to college. Mm-hmm. I, didn't say <laughs> a, I didn't say a single swear word in high school. I didn't even know what the F word was uh, until ninth grade. What? Yes, I did not know. I'm telling you, Kevin. I was not exposed to this kind You've of stuff. You've never seen
1: a movie with, with an F word in it?
0: Um, If I had, I didn't realize that that's like what the <laughs> F word was. Wow, yeah. <laughs> like, I thought... This is so embarrassing. When I was younger, I thought that the literal F word was fudge because of that scene from A Christmas Story <laughs> where he says fudge, oh, and I was fudge. yeah, yeah no <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait, what? the... I was like, in that oh, context, like I was God. like, is there a certain context where you can't say fudge? I swear, I'm not.
1: Like... That's the most innocent thing I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> so life.
0: So I didn't know what, like, yeah. I think <clears throat> maybe I was in like junior high when I learned what the F word was. But yeah, so I think like. To me, it's funny because now, like, I mean, you'll tell if you listen to this podcast, I fucking swear all the time. Mm. And I feel like I didn't swear until I hit college. And I was just like, wait, why am I like censoring myself? Because right. there were plenty of times where I wanted to curse and I didn't. And I just got to an age where I was just like, why am I doing that? I was like, why can't I just say whatever I want? Like, right. why Why do I need to feel like I need to like censor myself myself? Like, for these stupid words. fuck that. Yeah, Yeah. and I kind Mm -hmm. of, like, got this idea that is prevalent in this movie of, like, what is the big deal about, like, swear words? Why are some words so terrible Mm -hmm. that, like, the world will come to an end if you hear them or use them? Um, And I have very strong opinions about that. Carmen says it in
1: the movie, I think. What's the big fucking deal, bitch? Fuck, 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 (laughs) fuck. It doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and I think, like... I don't know. I think that spoke to me so much because I've literally lived that plot line in my life where I just like woke up one day and I was like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) why am I doing Um, this? Like, it (laughs) makes no difference. It's just a word. Um, So I really do appreciate that. And even they don't say it in this movie, but when I went back and watched that episode that this movie is based off of, they have this part where they say, um, you know, where the lesson is you know, maybe you should worry more about your children's lives and less about what they're watching on TV. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe what they're watching on TV doesn't affect them as much as you being involved in their lives. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Stan says. And then Kyle says, um, maybe parents care so much about what's on television because they use television as a babysitter and expect television to teach their children their morals and values and life standards. And really, that's the parents' job. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's also very prevalent in the movie. Um, and I think... I mean, I wholeheartedly believe in that. And sure. I I think that's an argument that's been going on since television began mm-hmm. and since censorship began. Mm-hmm. I mean, censorship's always been around, but specifically censorship in <laughs> TV and film. Right. Um, so overall, I really like the message of this movie. I think it's clever that they reflect so much of... Their own experience as creators and how people have reacted to South Park in this film. Um, so I overall do think it's very clever. I mean, like all of what they do, even if I don't like the execution of it necessarily, I generally really like them as writers and directors, um, and uh, really admire them. Even if I'm, even if I'm not someone who religiously watches uh, sure. South Park and all of that they do, I still really enjoy them and I, their sensibilities. I think that's
1: very well said.
0: Mm-hmm. So. That was my overall impression of the movie,
1: and I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was good.
0: (laughs) Well, good for you. (laughs) Um, And you have some random trivia tidbits.
1: Oh, well, well, I don't know if this is one hundred percent true, but uh, I guess (laughs) there's reports that when Saddam was uh, being locked in a U.S. prison um, for war crimes, that apparently, as a way. To torture him, they played the South Park movie for him over and over, <laughs> and, over and over with him showing his dick and Satan's ass and just all this awful stuff.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> I kind of hope that's
1: true. I kind of hope that. I don't support, I don't support torture, but I hope that one's true. <laughs>
0: um, another interesting bit of trivia, as we've talked about, this movie was nominated. Um, I believe it was nominated for Best Original Song mm-hmm. in a feature length film uh in the year 2000 and trey parker and matt stone famously walked the red carpet in drag made a lot of enemies in
1: doing so yeah,
0: yeah uh who wore dresses and they were high on lsd for the whole time yeah which uh
1: it sounds like the world's biggest nightmare <laughs> i don't know why they would want it they wanted to do that honestly
0: but. yeah i feel like uh i mean i've never done lsd but i can only imagine that like the last place I would want to do it is in, like, a crowded room. Well, they, they, Those, those two especially
1: like... really get their kicks off uh, pissing off the liberal elites. And I think that was their main objective. They didn't give a damn about the Oscar or anything else the rest of their career. They just mm-hmm. wanted to say F you because they really wanted to. <laughs> Which
0: I guess I can respect. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to me personally, that would just be terrifying. I feel like I'd be so paranoid. Yeah. Also, it's just really funny. I mean...
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it is really
0: funny. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, I think it was Trey Parker more like... Basically, like a reenactment of uh, JLo's famous, like green, like plunging yeah. Academy Award dress yeah. that she had worn a previous year. Um, so they were nominated, but unfortunately, they lost to remember? Mr.
1: Phil Collins.
0: Yeah, Mr. Phil Collins, uh, who was nominated for the song "You'll Be in My Heart" mm. from the Disney classic mm-hmm. Tarzan. Very apt. And they they would go on
1: to torture and make fun of Phil Collins for the next 20 years (laughs) because of that.
0: I mean, no one's really safe from their Oh, no. Nobody. Oh, I also should mention, random bit of trivia, the writers who are credited on this film are Trey Parker, Matt Stone, and Pam Brady. Hmm. And uh, Pam Brady, we'll segue into yours in a second, Pam Brady wrote one of my uh, uh, Desert Island films. If I was going to be trapped on a deserted island, what films would I bring?
1: Which, just to clarify, is not a film that takes place <laughs> okay. on a deserted island.
0: I, I texted Kevin before we did this recording session, and I was like, okay, come up with three of your like desert island films.
1: I was like, okay, uh, Castaway, <laughs> uh, The Martian, I guess. He came uh, in, he was <laughs>
0: like, I can't think of any that take place on a desert island. I was like, no, you're just bringing the movies with you the to a desert island. The phrasing of text was poor, to say the least. So. <laughs> well, okay, do you know the movie... <laughs> Let's see if you can guess. I don't know if you know anything that Pam Brady has done outside of this movie.
1: Um I, I can't quite say.
0: Okay, she is the she has the writing credit for the movie Hot Rod.
1: Oh. Have you ever seen Hot Rod? Um, purposefully not, because I've been asked that question so many <laughs> oh my times. God. And I I don't hate Andy Sandberg, but I just really want to punch him in the face like a real. <laughs> he has a really punchable face. I like Lonely Island. He was never my favorite uh, SNL guy or comedian, oh so okay. I've always kind of avoided that movie.
0: I <laughs> I need to have you on. Okay. And we're going to do a reverse okay. of this kind of thing. So cool. instead of me watching a movie for the first time, sure. you're going to watch a movie for the Ooh. first time. You're going to watch Hot Rod. Okay. I've seen Hot Rod probably ten times. And that's what
1: everyone who says that they've seen Hot Rod, that they love it I've and it changed their life. Fucking.
0: And... <laughs> I can't yeah. tell you how much I love that movie. It is... The st- I'm not going to say anything else because I feel like people have hyped it up enough for you and so you might not like it as much as I hope you will but you should definitely watch it um, so she is the writer of Hot Rod and that just makes me think that she might be kind of brilliant sure. Okay. okay <laughs> um,
1: she's got respect from uh, the industry
0: yep yeah, so at least she's got some respect from me I'll tell you yeah. that <laughs> if you're in
1: that South Park writing room you got some real like, Bill Hader's been a part of it mm-hmm. and doing some voices Yeah. you gotta be really uh, a part of yeah. like an OG kind of knit Yeah.
0: Bill Hader's in Hot Rod.
1: Oh, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. I
0: love Bill Hader. Oh, yeah. I want to do a whole episode about the evolution of his career. Hmm. Um, But I truly think he's just like a comedic genius who doesn't know that he's a genius.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I just love how honest he is about how he had stage fright in SNL like the entire time he was there. He never really got over it. And just how he can feel like how i would feel like a human just, yeah. just afraid of messing up and he's just so honest about that stuff while also being a gigantic superstar it's not yeah. one of the biggest shows on tv and he can still kind of be that earnest person yeah
0: that, i feel like you know. he's very humble for like the yeah. amount of success he has oh yeah every interview with him he's like hey uh, i guess people like the movie uh, yeah so whatever <laughs> he's
1: one of those tom hanks types that no one hates bill Hader, who dislikes bill Hader, i know, you know?
0: honestly it's funny. I, I love his reaction. He'll, he'll have like interviews with people. They'll be like, this is an amazing movie. Uh, this movie has won 20 Oscars yeah. and uh, cured cancer. And it's changed <laughs> yeah. the American life as we know it. And he'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, thanks. I worked hard on it. And like, that's it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yes, you need to watch a uh, hot rod okay. if you like Phil Hader. All right. Um, so that's one of my movies that I would bring with me if I was trapped on a deserted island. What are I'm going to start asking my guests this from now on. You'll be my first person to demo this.
1: Well, my my two favorite movies are Pulp Fiction and Scream, which we also touched on. <gasps> I love Scream. Uh, yeah, I those two movies probably changed my life and just made me think that I want to do storytelling stuff in whatever capacity it's possible. Like those are the two movies that really uh, had a big impact on me. Um, I've probably seen both of those at least 30 times. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think there's another movie that's even in that tier of those two for me in terms of personal importance. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I could watch those two movies all day long, every day, probably the rest of my life.
0: (laughs) If you weren't going to bring a third movie, is there perhaps, if you could pick one television show Mm. where you get to bring the entirety of that television show, the full collection...
1: Probably Breaking Bad.
0: I'm Ooh. not sure that's the
1: most original, but it's probably my favorite TV show of all time.
0: I can get behind that. Breaking Bad... I think Breaking Bad is a rare occurrence where the show is not overrated. Oh, yeah. Like, the, for the amount of hype that show gets and, like, the amount of people who list it as their favorite movie... Or, not movie. Film. Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> not movie, not film. Well, now it's a film. Yeah. Uh, show. <laughs> the. I mean, but it is shot like a movie. It is. It's essentially like watching, like... Dozens and dozens of little exactly. tiny movies. Exactly. <laughs> and I it really did change the way that people produced television. Yeah,
1: that was really at the beginning of the true heart of the golden age of TV. Yeah. Like that, Mad Men, uh, Walking Dead. Like there was just a bunch of really shows. AMC. Yeah, which uh, it's trash now, but I used to really <laughs> love Walking Dead back in the day too. Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, I can get behind that choice. Yeah. I don't the, think you're wrong.
1: Honestly it's probably the greatest tv show of all like is there anything maybe you give i love lucy credit for being such an originator and revolutionary but i it's probably the greatest tv show of all time in my opinion
0: well thank you so much for coming on oh so much fun this was really really fun um you guys kevin is a big fat deal i know we didn't talk about it as much in his introduction but you're an actor
1: Mm, sometimes well when they let me when they let me (laughs)
0: And uh, I've seen you in commercials before.
1: A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, I got one out now for uh, Credit One. It's on the... It's like, like AMC or ABC and CW and some crap, but... Uh, it used to play online you, a lot, too, yeah, yeah, it's on people's Facebooks, they keep telling me. <laughs> uh, I got this Walmart commercial hopefully coming out sometime soon. Um and other than that, I'm a big fat failure. But, uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and he's a great improviser, you guys. Thank you. So Thank if you, you. Ever we had, we had a real out.
1: successful uh, Thanksgiving show. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of fun. It
0: was super fun. If you guys ever come out to one of Weasel Brunch's shows, which I will promote when we have them, uh, then you'll get to see Kevin in the flesh. Yay! And some of our other guests that we've had on. Um. This was really fun. Oh,
1: it's so much fun. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Um, I'm very excited for some of the new episodes that we have coming out this year. I have a lot of guests lined up and a lot of things in the works. So keep an ear out for those. Thank you so much for joining me on Unwatchable. Bye. <laughs>